than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Look out, Captain. A nuclear missile, guided by a blind man in a wheelchair. We're going to die. Relax. It's just the typical confusion podcast hosted by Jim Holiday. Oh my god, he's so sexy and cute. Come to me, Jimmy. Anchor, the best way to make your podcast. Anchor has the ability for you to include guests in your show. Your followers on the podcast can leave you voicemail messages. And you can include them in your show. You can also monetize your podcast with advertising. One of the many features that Anchor offers. And the accounts are free. Most of the other podcast providers want you to pay for all of their services. Anchor does not. Check them out today by going to http colon slash slash anchor.fm and signing up for a free account. So Bill Hicks. Wait. We'll do that in post too. (laughs) Tell me the worst night of your professional career. And you got a paycheck for it afterwards. Okay. Well, there's a lot, but uh, the worst gig I ever had, and I, I call it the worst because there was a, the threat of violence and death. Oh. There's been a lot of bad gigs, people leaving, but uh, I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana at a disco called Oscars, and uh, we were the comics to go on on the disco dance floor, and uh, the first night we got there, it was a two-nighter, first night we got there it was bowling night, women's bowling league, there was 300 Louisiana women, beautiful. Lined up doing shooters, pictures of shooters, and uh, people are dancing, women are dancing with each other, and uh, the bouncer takes a mic stand and a stool, pushes through the dancers, gets on the stage, I mean on the uh, dance floor, and goes, okay, we're about to start a comedy show, everyone sit down, turn the music off, Earl, Earl, we're going to do a comedy show, people are still dancing, here's your first comic, Bill Silva. He weaves through the crowd and dancing and stands there amongst the dancers who are still dancing. There's no music. Begins the show. Uh, I'm sitting in the back of the room with my friend Ron Schock. Guy next to us is holding a towel to his head that is soaked with blood. He's ordering drinks, laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me no shoe. And we said to the waitress as she passes, what's wrong with him? Knife fight. Happens every night here. Knife fight. The guy's ear was hanging by just a little little thread. He stayed for the whole show. He wanted to see the comedy show. Yeah, right. He was, he was determined. And he heckled. And people go, shut him up. His ears hurt. Let him yell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the first show that night, we had one show that night. Uh, that show was supposed to last an hour and a half. It lasted 15 minutes. Why? Obviously, the first guy goes on, people are still dancing to no music. He introduces the second guy. He bails immediately. Let me bring up your first act. <laughs> Next guy goes up, Ron Shock. He goes up, and for some reason in the back of the room, someone starts yelling, Blowjob! 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 And finally Ron says, is, uh, is he asking or giving? The crowd goes, ooh. This big guy comes through the crowd, up onto the dance floor, grabs Ron by the cheek, pulls him to his knees, and goes, I'm asking, faggot. Ron introduces me. Good. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. On his knees. Bill Hicks. 
I come up, and I'm supposed to do 45 minutes. Um, about three minutes into it, a guy walks up to the railing around the dance floor and just goes, leans and looks at me. I say, can I help you? No. I go, what do you want? And he takes out a knife, takes the mic cord. <laughs> the music starts up, and the people still on the dance floor start dancing again. <laughs> that was night one. We have to go back the next night. Before the show, I go to Ron's room. And he says, I happen to have three hits of LSD-25. I'm taking one. <laughs> Who else is in? And I said, well, I'm in. So I took one, too. So we decided to go back tonight, and we're tripping. And uh, Bill Silva goes on stage, first guy up. There's less people there. All of them had been there the night before. So he had to change his material. Right, that whole minute that he did. He goes on, and for some reason, within a minute, there's an altercation and someone at the bar. And he goes, Bill Silva said, what are you going to do, shoot me? The guy said, I might. <laughs> and he raises up his uh, pant leg, and in his boot, there's a pistol. And me and Ron are tripping, going, they're armed. <laughs> they're armed. Waitress is walking by, she hears us, and she goes, don't worry if anything happens. Raises up her shirt, there's a twenty-two in her skirt. They're all armed. And... Uh, we went up, tripping, and uh, sweat pouring off our faces. People were hurling bottles at us, real bottles, not, not even beer bottles. I'm talking the whole tequila bottle with that little mm -hmm. metal thing, that pourer. They were using that to fling it. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of vibrancy. And uh, I go on stage, and again, I'm supposed to be 45, and I, the whole show lasted about 22 minutes. And uh, all I see in the back is the door open, and Ron and Bill silhouetted in the doorway to the parking lot with the check, waving it, going, come on. Come on. And bottles are hitting the stage. And I ran through the audience. Out into the parking lot. The audience chased us. They're throwing bottles. The owner throwing chairs at us. We go out and we have locked the keys in our cars. Could anybody help us? Anybody got a coat hanger? So we just stand there going. Those bottles are hitting around us. And finally we just broke our own window and we took off. How many years ago was that? Uh, that was about six years ago. Oh, you're a rough crowd. Rough crowd. Rough crowd. I've been back every year, and uh, they like me now. <laughs> that was the worst gig I've ever done. Because there was an actual threat of being killed, really. And they would have not thought... I mean, it would have been part of the festivities. <laughs> and then we danced. <laughs> Remember when Tommy threw up, and then we killed that guy? And then Earl couldn't find his hat. <laughs> <laughs> This is great, reliving this fucking life. Like that. <laughs> you want me to ask that or do that in post? You can do anything. I think you try to do as much here so we okay. don't, you know, right. screw around. Okay. Besides, what's your business schedule for the next year? Oh, no. No, I'm, I'm open. So, so tell us, then, tell us your first night ever on stage as a paid performer, okay. paid well, comic. The, the first gig I ever got, professional gig, was at a... Uh, a department store called Sakowitz in Houston, their Christmas party, which they held at 7 in the morning before they all went to work mm -hmm. in the basement of the department store. And they told me to get there at 6.30, you know, make everything, make sure, you know, just make sure we know you're there. <laughs> so this is my first paying gig, and I think, well, cool, I'm making, well, you know, good money to get up, whatever. I get over there, and there's a huge buffet of... Uh, you know, the powdered eggs and the bacon and the, mm -hmm. and everything started really late. I got there at 6.30 because I was a professional. And uh, 
they, they were starting late, and their ventriloquist hadn't showed yet, or she had showed, and her dummies hadn't showed. They'd actually lost their dummies in the mail. I mean, in the uh, in the airport, and she was just frantic. She'd lost her act, you know. Right. They said we're going to send it over as soon as possible. But the guy uh, who put it on said, "Look, we're running out of time. We got to open the store uh, while people are eating. Could y'all just do your act, you know, somewhere in the line of the buffet?" So I was, but since I was starting new, the ventriloquist was a real, you know, had been doing it for a few years. Right. She got to be up next to the uh, ham and eggs, and I was next to juice and uh, muffins. And I stood there while people were 6.30 in the morning getting food. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I did my act. <laughs> what, what was the first thing out of your mouth? What, what, can you remember what you did? You're up at the juice. <laughs> I can't. How did you start? I have no idea how I started. I'm sure I offered. I, I'm sure I ended up. They thought I was just some miked uh, waiter, right? <laughs> you know, the first person asking me. You know, the weirdest heckles. Do they have any uh, pineapple juice? I, I don't know. Uh, so I started helping out and fed everyone and left. That was my first gig. Between the juice and the muffins. Later on, of course, as years went by and I got better and better known, you got I was bacon and ham. Ham, bacon, and ham. <laughs> the dummy never showed. Never, to this day. <laughs> Found him OD'd in an alley. So the, so the ventriloquist was throwing her voice into the bacon. Yeah. <laughs> so what, is it, what did that look like? Did it look like, um, uh, what was that place, Gillies? That's what I imagine that to oh, look like. Oh, I've actually played. There's another club in Dallas that is the comparable to Dillies and I, Gillies, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's literally a uh, as big as, uh, you know, just three times as big as this entire building. And right. it has seven different clubs going on. One is square dancing, one's a country band, and they're all open. It's almost like a entertainment market. Uh -huh. And one room they did comedy in. And these cowboys would come in with the hats and the and the, uh, the date, and they they stand. They wouldn't come in the room because they were just shopping. Right. Uh -huh. They would just stand in the doorway and look for a minute. And you'd see all that, and they'd walk off. And then you'd go out after your show and look at it. And they'd all be the same people, be square dancing. It's just a big entertainment market. Anything you want. And they actually had the uh, mechanical bull room. People and there was line to get into that. And then that other place. The, what was that? The place where you took the LSD and oh, Oscars in Louisiana. It was uh, you know, just a, a terrible, terrible, terrible disco. The fl disco stage was about ten feet by ten feet. What song was? It? What, what was it? Disco. I mean, was it like Casey and the Sunshine being kind of right crapper? Right. But then they'd throw in a country song. You and, bet. And also during the show, which I forgot to mention, was they kept the disco ball lit and moving so it was fairly surreal you know the, the light was just keeping so people were and we were tripping and it was like <laughs> <laughs> and just every once in a while a bottle would hurl right past your face and they were really going for you they were right. luckily they were so drunk their aim was off but they would no one was sitting they were all standing right or they were waiting level. to dance oh right they were all around the rail just <laughs> did you get any laughs no Zero. They're, they didn't even listen to us. They they immediately started throwing things. And kids today, they think they've got it made. Well, they have these comedy clubs to work at. That's right. <laughs>
Well, did, you, did you ever work Joe Dunkel's room no. in Michigan? It no. was above a hockey rink. This little that's oh where I started. It's above a hockey rink. So you'd just be getting to your punchline. All of a sudden, the hockey team would score, <laughs> and it was no cover, quarter beer night, and it was do or die. I mean, it was do or die. They smelt blood. They'd kill you. I've, I've worked uh, several bowling alleys, and uh, one in Detroit. It's a place called Chaplin's, and I. Oh right, right. Okay. Yeah, and I knew I was in trouble. And when uh, I was at the hotel, I said, "How do you get to the club?" Okay, you go out in the street, and you're going to pass three bowling alleys on the left. Go down to the end, take a right. You're going to see two bowling alleys on your right. Keep going. You're going to pass three more bowling alleys. Take a left, and it's the bowling alley you come to. So let me get this straight. You guys like bowling around here. Yes, the guy goes, we do. Hey, it's not really. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so we go there, and it was uh, <clears throat> literally... Uh, You'd be on stage in the bowling, and you see a million cars, and you go, oh, maybe there's a crowd. Right. And you go into your side, the comedy side, and there's nothing. The bowling alley filled. And people would be in the show if they'd finally, the overflow, they'd come in and sit down, and then they'd go, Johnson, you're lame. Right. And they'd get up and leave, and that was, you'd have to wait until the overflow happened again. So Chaplin's is in a bowling alley? Mm -hmm. okay. An active bowling alley. That's a Dunkel room. Is it? That's Joe Dunkel. He's the king, eh? Yes, he is the king <laughs> of destruction. <laughs> I just keep acting like you're talking. Okay. Oh, I thought of another really bad gig, too. It just happened to me. No, you just change your manner and keep whatever. Keep rolling here? You, yeah, I'm fine. Your you mic's just talk. His mic's on, right? Yeah. I mean, for you, you can go ahead and say it. Well, this was in uh, Walnut Creek, California, right outside of uh, San Francisco. Saturday night, big crowd. Big, big crowd, full. And I get on stage, and there's these two, three girls on the front row, and two of them are just talking as, as though they are long-lost sisters and have finally met because they've been seated together at a comedy club. They are totally oblivious that I am on stage. And I think, well, I just got up here. I'll let them talk. They'll settle down. So I'm talking, you know, just, and they just keep talking. I finally look at them, you know, excuse me, the show going on here. And they just... <laughs> Anyway, da, 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 da. and so I go look. Uh, you know, if you want to talk outside, I'm sure someone here might want to hear the show. And shut up. So this is getting weird. You know, it's like a minute and a half into my act, and finally I just snap and I, I get down on her face. I'm crouched down and I go, look, shut up. She grabs her glass and she throws it at me, and it hits the hand my mic's at, and then she jumps up and runs. And I get back up, I go, oh, that's weird. <laughs> the crowd, as one man, goes, they get up and they leave the room. All of them. About 30 people stayed spread out. I go, this is weird, man. Didn't y'all see what happened here? You know, I did my whole show and people were booing. They were just yelling at me. I go, what is this? Turns out, all they saw was me bend over. <laughs> they heard a, oh. and then she ran. <laughs> they thought I punched her. Right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. You know, it was a tough hour. <laughs> what amazes me is that some people stayed. I love that. Yeah. The idea like, yeah, he hit her, but he's got some clever stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I would have done the same thing. <laughs> and in San Francisco, that must have went Oh, well. God, yeah. She, uh, later on, it turns out, that was the first show. She was outside in tears, screaming at the next show that was lined up, going, he's beating women. I mean, the other audience members. He's beating women. 
And everyone in line was going, all right. Oh, cool. Good choice. <laughs> Glad we did Bill. Yeah. <laughs> but it was great because the next show, it was really tense because they really thought I'd punch this girl in the face, you know. And the next show was great because the comic that went up before me, you know, and everyone in the audience that came in had heard this story and they were like, gee, what is this guy? What is this new kind of comedy? <laughs> but he, he goes on, when he finished his act, right before me, he goes, listen, uh, I just want to say we had, I had a little altercation with someone the first show, and I feel better now. Y'all were great. And the audience was like, ooh, that was him. Oh, he took your... He took the heat. Oh, no. Right? Yeah. And then I went up and just did it, and the audience was, I was buzzing afterwards. Where's the guy that beats women? We feel gypped. <laughs> there were several women on the front row of that show. He could have slugged right. any one of them. So you had to follow that. So you shot somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> in the face. <laughs> Think of that be a... <clears throat> a guy from Houston, Texas, okay? And he's really far out. In fact, he's so far ahead of his time, his parents haven't met yet. <laughs> here he is, Bill Hicks. Bill, hey, baby, here we are. Thank you. How about it? Yeah! Yeah! All right! Thank you very much. I'm from Houston, Texas. Thank you. Simply means as a performer, I perform in places you people only see on Rawhide. I actually go to these hillbilly podunk hell holes such as Oklahoma. Thank you very much. A veritable entertainment mecca. The only state Arkansas can make fun of. <laughs> when you got Arkansas ragging your ass, you're pretty low down in the food chain, I think. Here's a quick impression of Oklahoma, those of y'all never been. <laughs> that was inside the club I was working. Oklahoma think the Marlboro man is a pussy. <laughs> Played a town there called Enid, Oklahoma. Town is so small, you know, in hotel rooms, you gotta push nine to get an outside line. I pushed nine and got the Elmer Dinkley residence. <laughs> Hello? Who's this? Elmer Dinkley, you just called my house. Your phone number is nine? <laughs> yeah, my cousin's just 23. I had to write that one down. <laughs> Wrote it on my forehead. I keep calling 32. <laughs> They're nice people. They're just from Oklahoma. I had a guy come up to me after the show. Could have been that same guy, Elmer, I think. Came up very excited. He goes, hey, man, you crack me up. I was laughing something fierce. I'd like you to meet my wife and sister. And there was one girl standing there. on Hollywood Boulevard at a movie theater place that played nothing but horror movies. Frightening, the people that went to those things, man. It's scarier than the goddamn movies. You could hear stuff in that audience like, I remember when I cut off a head. <laughs> Am I in your way? <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, I smoke. How many smokers we got here? Smokers. 
Yeah, yeah. How many non-smokers? Non-smokers. Bunch of whining maggots, you people are. Non-smokers don't know the meaning of life till you start coughing up brown chunks of lung on your pillow in the morning. You start coughing up Smurfs, life takes on a whole new fucking meaning. There is good news for smokers, I'm sure y'all have noticed. Certain General's warnings are different on the sides of each pack. That's pretty cool. Mine say, Certain General's warning, cigarette smoking may cause fetal injury or premature birth. Hey, fuck it. Just don't get the ones that say lung cancer. You know? It is your body you should shop around, I think. I can live with low birth weight, you know? That's nice that cigarette companies come out with different types of diseases. You find the one you can live with, continue to smoke. It's like, what are you smoking, Tom? Uh, throat polyps. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stick with my yellow fingernails, buddy. Thank you. I can live with yellow fingernails. I know guys do take breakups hard. I was reading about Vincent Van Gogh. You know what he did. Cut off his ear, sent it to the girl that left him. Yeah, that makes a dozen roses look like a booger, doesn't it? <laughs> Damn, Vince. You sure she's the one? Vince, think about it. Vince is going, what? <laughs> is that Susie? Did she call back? What? <laughs> Can't talk to Vince no more, man. But I decided over this breakup, man, why get bitter about all women because of one? So I looked on the bright side. I think it helped my career. She left me. Fine. I'm definitely a driven man now. I'm driven by a fantasy. The one day this girl who I love more than anyone in the world, and I gave my heart to, and she said she loved me, then left. One day this girl's going to be living in a trailer park somewhere in Oklahoma. <laughs> She's gonna have nine naked little kids with rickets that bring home dead animals from the side of the road for them to eat. She's gonna live with an ex-welder, 600 pounds, fur all over his back, drinks warm beers and farts and belches and beats the kids, watches the Dukes of Hazards every day, has to have it explained to him. One night he's going to be making love to her and his heart's going to explode and she's going to be trapped under 600 pounds of flaccid fish belly cellulite shifting like the tides of the ocean as blood and phlegm and bile and a chaw of tobacco pours out of his mouth and nose into her face. Yeah, that's it. Just before she drowns in that chunky puddle of afterbirth, she turns to the television, and I'm going to be on this show. <laughs> so don't get better. Thank you very much. Thank you.
The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. And the ride goes up and down and round and round. It has thrills and chills, and it's very brightly colored, and it's very loud, and it's fun for a while. Some people have been on the ride for a long time, and they begin to question, is this real or is this just a ride? And other people have remembered, and they come back to us, and they say, hey, don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride, and we kill those people. <laughs> Shut him up. We have a lot invested in this ride. Shut him up. Look at my furrows of worry. Look at my big bank account and my family. This has to be real. It's just a ride. But we always kill those good guys who try and tell us that. You ever notice that? And let the demons run amok? But it doesn't matter because it's just a ride. We can change it anytime we want. It's only a choice. No effort, no work, no job, no savings of money. A choice right now between fear and love. The eyes of fear want you to put bigger locks on your door, buy guns, close yourself off. The eyes of love instead see all of us as one. Here's what we can do to change the world right now to a better ride. Take all that money we spend on weapons and defense each year and instead spend it feeding, clothing, and educating the poor of the world, which it would many times over, not one human being excluded, and we can explore space together, both inner and outer, forever in peace. Thank you very much. You've been great. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh...